Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Storytime, dude. I think this is the third one I've done. And uh, it's funny because my friend uh, Mike, I'm in this group text, and we're always talking shit to each other. And he said, uh, he goes, dude, nobody asked to hear these stories. So I was thinking about changing the name of Storytime to nobody asked to hear these stories. <laughs> but I feel like I'm going to wait because it's just getting started. And then if someone like turn on the podcast for the first time and they're like, well, if nobody has to hear them, then why would I listen? So maybe I'll wait till it's like more well-established or some bullshit. I don't fucking know, dude. I don't fucking know. Uh, but I'm excited because uh, I re-launched, rebranded, whatever, the pod- the podcast to be the Danny Palmer p- show and it's going well. Like, I, I'm, you know, it's just nice that the people are listening and they're listening to the story time thing too, man, you know? I'm the story time parts don't get as much viewers or downloads or whatever as the interviews, but I mean it's still like doing pretty well. I don't know. It's nice to have this recorded, so who knows? Maybe we'll change it. I'm trying to do a fucking space what the fuck dude uh episode for next Wednesday if I can get drunken maniac Ryan DeCalos to do one with me. But um <laughs> I think Zach is coming back from uh or the fuck he's been. I think he's down in Florida and Chicago uh, sometime this week. But um, yeah, so basically what I was thinking about this week is talking about the experience of starting stand-up because um, I know I talked earlier about being in Atlanta in my late 20s, early 30s, wanting to maybe pursue stand-up. And then I talked to this, I interviewed with this guy from uh, Coke, Acola, <laughs> about getting a recruiting job. And he's like, dude, if you want to do stand-up, go do stand-up. So I was like, all right, fuck it. So I signed up for this uh um, like three week workshop through Manny Oliveira, who's still a, a comic, good guy. He's funny. He lives in Atlanta. I think he lives in Atlanta. Um, anyways, he was teaching uh, a class where you'd spent like three weeks in a row. I think it was like a Wednesday night, like seven to nine p.m. or some shit. It was at this um, small uh, theater with like a, some office space in Decatur, Georgia, which is just east of Atlanta. Um, so it was me and like eight to nine other people and we would write down jokes. And then, I mean, this was way back in the fucking day, kid. This was like, I don't know. I was fucking 32. So that was probably like 2000, oh, no, 2005, I believe. Um, so I fucking went to this class and we would write down like joke ideas. We would tape it. And then he would literally like give us like a VHS tape, <laughs> the, like the old kind that you would put into a VCR and we would just try out jokes in front of each other. And it was obviously horrifically bad. But then we would go home and watch the tape and be like, okay, here's how I can get better. So the um, the three-week class culminated in a graduation show at the Punchline Comedy Club in Atlanta, which is actually a very nice venue, um, very well respected. The best club in Atlanta, uh, at least at the time it was. Um, I think since it's since then it's moved to a new location. Blow, who cares? So um, I show up to this graduation show, and you know, I mean, it's like obviously we're all just like complete scrubs that are just starting in stand up, but it was a sold out show, and it's on YouTube. I'll I'll try to put the link in the uh, episode notes for this. You can actually watch it. It's it was one of the well, here I'm getting ahead of myself. So. Uh, I show up at the punchline the night of the performance. I've, I have like eight to nine minutes of jokes. I think that I've, you know, tried in front of my classmates, but never tried in front of an actual fucking audience. I've never done this in my life. And I just remember parking my car, my little white 
Trans Am, not Trans Am, Pontiac Grand Am or something. I remember not parking in the comedy club parking lot, um, but parking across uh, the streets called Hildebrand, I think, parking across Hildebrand in this other parking lot so that I could just sit there and stare at my steering wheel and recite, recite, recite the jokes over and over and over because I was just petrified that I was going to forget everything, completely tank, life's ruined. You know, I invited all my friends and family out. There were probably, I don't fucking know, maybe 10 to 15 people, maybe 20 that came out to see me because I'd been talking about doing stand-up for so long and I just had this corporate job and I finally, you know, got the balls to do it and then I did it. So a lot of people came and were very nice and supportive of me. Um, so, you know, the show starts, Manny MCs, packed house. I just remember there were two the two big things I remember from that night. So there was this guy, he was a heavy set black guy, um, super nice guy. He was funny. And he just went out there and look, I mean, obviously it's an insanely difficult thing to do stand up, especially for the first time, especially when it's a packed comedy club and your friends and family are in the fucking audience. So he goes up there and he says, he makes a joke cause he's kind of heavier. He's like, I hope you can see me behind this microphone stand. And it gets a good laugh. And then I was sitting like to the side of the, of the stage, like directly to his, like, uh, like three, like if he's facing 12 o'clock, I was at his like three o'clock to the side of the stage. And I just remember watching him get a laugh off the mic stand comment and then nothing. And it was just, you know, when you're, you know, when you're watching stand up, if there's a beat that goes by, I mean, it's a fucking eternity, right? So just doesn't say anything. And then he had had the foresight to write down his jokes on his hand. So he looked down at his hand, read the first joke on his hand. And I'm like, Oh good. He, you know, wrote it down. This will save it. And then still didn't say anything. And I think he just got off stage at that point. I can't remember exactly, but I just, you know, obviously I felt very badly for him. I'm not saying telling the story to, be disparaging towards him in any way i'm just it's just like a good um indication of how difficult it is to do stand-up and how much pressure there is especially the first time performing um so i was fortunate because i came out there and i just came out like a bat out of hell like i think manny had given us advice to like i forget the way he said it exactly wow great story danny um but something about like you just have to be the dominant person in the room be completely filled with confidence and just own the situation just fucking go out there and just fucking dominate like uh i was reading somebody like john stewart gave advice to trevor noah when he was starting to take over the daily show i think he said just go out there and give it to america like you just have to just say what the fuck you have to say and don't pull any punches and just 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 air it out lay it out there and be confident so anyways so i was probably obviously overconfident. i mean it was obviously my first time performing but it went amazingly well i was like wow like i got pretty i got big laughs i was saying insane shit <laughs> i was talking about like fucking hookers without a condom and you know playing grand theft auto and actually i want to tell you guys that that joke because it relates to this next part so um um wait anyways so it goes great um to this day, probably one of the top three moments of my entire life because I'd really wanted to try this thing. It's insanely difficult. I was 32 years old. It's not like I was fresh out of college. I had my friends in the audience and I just, I did it. I fucking did it and it went great. And I just remember thinking 
as I was speaking, first of all, I was like, wow, I'm getting laughs. This is incredible. And then I realized like, you know, cause when you're trying to memorize your jokes, you're like, okay, memorize a joke. Don't forget the joke. Memorize a joke. Don't forget the joke. And then you get out there. And I think a lot of new comics or actors that are transitioning into trying to do stand up make the mistake of thinking that it's a monologue, but it's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. It's a conversation that you're having with the audience. So there's a girl in the audience that I knew and I talked about fucking somebody's cat. And I just remember pointing at her and being like, maybe your cat. And she kind of like smiled at me and I was like, oh, okay. So this is a two way thing. It's not just me presenting some things that I wrote down on a piece of paper. It's a fucking experience. It's a back and forth experience with the audience. So that was really exciting. Um, and then I got off stage and then the show ended and uh, the manager of the comedy club, her name is Marcy. She like waved me over and said that that was good and I should keep going and introduced me to a comic in the back who wrote down some other places where I could go do stand up. And I was just, this is a classic stand up story, right? Cause I was just like on cloud fucking nine. I'm like, I'm a fucking hidden gem <laughs> in the American comedy world. Thank God he started stand up. I'm great. I'm the best comic around. I mean, I wasn't like, I still had humility, but it definitely like boosted my ego about my ability to do stand up. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking good. Apparently I'm good. It just sounds like something in a movie, right? The manager calls you over, tells you to keep going. I was like, oh man. So this leads to the second half of the story. So, um, the, one of the things that they wrote down was that the, there was a uh, theater in Decatur. Decatur is Decatur, Georgia. It's basically an eastern near suburb of Atlanta. Um, and it's known for having a lot of uh, lesbian people that live there. They call it Dick Hater. <laughs> I get it. Um, so in Decatur, there was this theater. It's actually in the same building where I took these classes at. And they were having a sketch. I'm sorry. Yeah, sketch, sketch troupe. Um, performing a show and they needed a com a comedian to uh, MC and just kind of like start the show. So I'm like, sure. You know what the fuck do I know? So I'll go. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a comedian now. I get big laughs at the punchline. I know what I'm doing. Sure. I'll, I'll MC your show. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, dude. So I go to this theater. It's like, I think it was like a Friday night or something. And the audience is maybe like halfway full, maybe a little more than halfway. Um, it's a black box theater where just basically it's like a black box and then there's a row of chairs, um, kind of an upward incline of seats, um, kind of a stadium seating kind of setup, probably seated about, I don't know, hundred people. Um, so the, I walk in, it's dark, like the whole room is dark. They're like, I'm, I'm like, Hey, I'm Danny. I'm the comedian where I don't know where to go. They're like, go behind the stage. They're getting ready and they'll tell you what to do. So I'm like, okay. So I kind of tiptoe behind the, you know, the stage and to where the backstage place is. So I don't even know what the fucking terms are. I'm fucking 12 years into doing stand up. I don't know what the fucking terms are. Go back behind the, um, with the, with the sketch troupe as they're getting ready. I'm like, Hey guys, I'm Danny. I'm, I'm the comedian. I'm there to open the show and like, Oh, okay, here, here you go, man. And then they just handed me a wireless microphone and they're like, yeah, you just go out there. And I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, just, just go out there to the stage and just start doing stand up, and then introduce us. And I was like, just go out there. <laughs> you know, I was hoping that somebody would be like, Hey everybody, thanks for coming out to the theater tonight. You ready for a great show? Here's your MC for the evening. Danny Palmer. No, 
no, nothing. So I go out there. I have this microphone in my hand. I'll never forget this. The, the room is completely pitch black. And then I'm just standing there. And all of a sudden, the house lights go up. And it's just me on stage with a microphone. And I just start talking. And it did not go well. <laughs> I, I probably can't say that I completely bombed, but it was not good. And I had this joke. This is what I was alluding to earlier. I had this joke that I wrote in my first ever set that I did at the punchline that went great. And the joke is basically, um, I'll never forget the first time I played Grand Theft Auto because I was just filled with this overwhelming sense of power and rage. I was like, I am going to rain down a shitstorm on this town, the likes of which it has never seen before. So I just like with someone how I was, I was so just excited to play Grand Theft Auto and just go crazy and break all the laws, you know? So it's like, I, so I got in my car, I drove down the street and I tried to, and I found a hooker, but I couldn't find the fuck button. So I did the next best thing. I got out of my car and I beat her to death with a club. So obviously that's a terrible joke. Obviously it's just evil and awful in many ways. But to me at the time, this is also like 2005, 2006. I was like, nice. And first, I think I had such maniacal energy and behavior. Um, my first show that the audience kind of like accepted that joke because they were just like, this guy's insane. And so in my head, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to ramp up. That joke did pretty well, the Grand Theft Auto thing. I'm just going to ramp up, um, not ramp up, I'm going to make the joke even more detailed and more intense and more awful. Now I know, but then I was a fucking rookie. I didn't know. I mean, a lot of new comics, a mistake that they make is by being too dirty or just saying things that aren't funny, that are just bad because they're trying so hard to, to latch into some type of humor in some way. So I think the thing, and also remember that this is a primarily gay theater and they were like, uh, like I, think, I don't know, maybe like half of the audience members were um female couples that were there on a date to see a sketch troupe and had no idea that there was going to be a stand-up comedian to start the show much less did they have any inkling that it was my second time performing that i had no idea what i was doing and then i didn't understand that it was a completely different environment than a large packed room with a supportive audience where they knew that i was doing stand up for the first time they knew i didn't know what the fuck i was doing and they knew i didn't know how to write well and was just being too aggressive with my jokes these were just people that were like there to see a sketch troupe so really they got ambushed by someone who was a complete rookie with no experience basically an idiot <laughs> namely me so so I did that same joke about the Grand Theft Auto and the hooker. And then I said that my final gift, I, can't, I don't even know if I want to say this now, but I guess it's on a, oh wait, that one, whatever. Uh, it was a mistake. I, I don't endorse making these kinds of jokes, but at the time I thought it'd be hilarious. I was like, yeah, my final gift to her will be like an AIDS baby or something like, obviously just like an atrocious, horrible thing to say that isn't funny. And I just, or I don't know, maybe in some perverse way it is, but like it wasn't appropriate for a primarily lesbian theater indicator, Georgia, when they weren't expecting stand up in the first place. <laughs> and when I said that AIDS baby comment, I will never forget the piercing glare of hatred that this couple, I've seen there are a couple these two women, like probably about four rows up. They just bored 
a look of hatred and disgust deep into my soul that still registers with me today as I'm recounting this story like 15 years later. Like I just remember being like, holy shit, those people hated me. <laughs> and then I was like out in the hallway afterwards or during the intermission or something and this guy walked by and he he knew what had happened. You know, you could tell that I fucking completely bombed and went way, it was way inappropriate with the content that I was sharing. And he just, he knew that I had a little rough time out there and he goes, Hey man, that, that wasn't too bad, man. That wasn't too bad. And I was like, Oh God, thank God somebody said something. And we were talking outside. My friend Tara was like, yeah, man, maybe, you know, maybe a lesbian theater isn't the best place for your overly aggressive, <laughs> non-funny, insane joke ideas. Um, but I just, I don't know. I like to tell those two stories together because it's it's really a good microcosm of the world of stand-up. And if you want to get into stand-up, I mean, have at it, but get ready to commit your whole life to it and go through a lot of pain. The thing I always say, it's like, if you want to get good at stand-up over time, you just got to be prepared and accept getting kicked in the teeth like hundreds of times, like in, in ways that you wouldn't even imagine or anticipate. You know, like those ladies boring a hole into my soul. <laughs> with their eyes was excruciating and you have to have be ready to go through a lot of those excruciating moments and experiences to, to get to a point where you can start to develop some competence and, and um, some respect for yourself and, and hopefully some success, at least with audiences. So <laughs> it's, um, it was a good lesson. Oh, I'm really good. Oh wait, nope. I'm completely hated. So that's, um, that's a good introduction to the world of stand-up. I think next week I'll tell you guys about the uh, the time when I tried to do open mics in Atlanta after that and improv, both of which were complete failures. So I was just looking at my little list of inspiring quotes to think about how I could kind of cap off these stories. And, you know, w one that sprung to mind was this quote from Bill Burr. He's one of the best comics around. Um, and he said, keep challenging yourself in life because then you're going to fail. And then there's your bet. So, Obviously, that show at the theater indicator was a complete failure on my part, but it's now it's like a, it's like a, it could be a bit or it could just, it's a good story to be like, okay, I failed, I learned from it and I grew and now it's a good tale to tell later on. Um, and then the other quote that I was going to share is from Louisa May Alcott. Um, she said, I am not afraid of storms for I am learning to sail my ship. I love that. I mean, obviously, you know. You're going to go through some storms in the stand-up world and in any world, really. But um, there's, I don't know. You understand the quote. <laughs> I am not afraid of storms, for I am learning to sail my fucking ship, kid. So, all right. I guess that's the fucking story time, Jan, for this week. But I wanted to go to 20 minutes. I feel like if people look at it and they're like, dude, 19 minutes? It's fucking whack. But if it gets to 20, hey, this guy's onto something. Um, but uh, I'm excited about... Uh, I don't know. I guess there's nothing else to say. Those are the two stories. Um, if you want to make fun of me, you can email me at dannypalmercomedy at gmail.com. Or if you want to follow me on Instagram, if you're a cute girl and want to spend the rest of your life being loved and cherished, <laughs> then probably find some other guy. I don't think I'm the dude for you. Oh man, 25 seconds. I can do this. How about another quote? What if I just read some random fucking quote? How about this? Don't get too high in the highs or too low in the lows. That's good. Oh, I like this Tina Fey one. Um, she said, do your thing and don't care if they like it. Go over, under, through, like the Dr. Seuss character. Um, but 
actually that quote's not good for to apply to to me in particular because I should care if people like it because I'm a fucking maniac <laughs> or at least I was. Um, oh, 20 minutes. Boom. Look at that. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Space with a jacket. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Bye. Mm. Mm. Danny, just, just, just stop recording.